So one of the things that um, Pastor Mike talked about this morning was uh, at the end of the testimony time, he was talking about uh, guilt and uh, along with guilt comes the process of needing to um, receive forgiveness. Uh, guilt is a, a reaction to when we've done something wrong. And one of the verses that I really thought a whole lot about as um, I've been doing, going through my own devotionals and that was um, Psalm 103, verse 12. And David's saying here that as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So, and I get to thinking a lot about this verse and it actually came out of a heated discussion that I was having with someone. And I don't know how we came to the point, but I made the statement that um, something to the effect that I typically remember the last few interactions that I've had with, the, with someone. And they remarked back to me that that sounded horrible, especially coming from a pastor. And they were right, it does sound horrible. But um, at the same time, there's also some biblical truth in that. I think it's the case for most of us. Most of the time, we, in our fallen human minds, we do remember the things that have been done to us or said to us that have hurt us in some way. We don't have the blessing of forgetfulness that God does when he says that he's going to cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. So the verse really does show a degree of God's forgiveness and how far he removes our sins from us. Think about this for a minute. If you can picture a globe, and I was going to look around here for one earlier, but I didn't see, see or get a chance to. But if you can picture a globe, when you're traveling on the globe, if you're traveling south, if you go all the way around the globe, you're eventually going to hit a point where you start traveling north. Same thing, if you're traveling north and you hit the furthest northernmost point of the world, then you're going to start traveling south. That never happens when you're going from east to west. East never will meet west. You'll, you're traveling east, you're going to continue to go east the whole time. You're traveling west, you're going to continue to go west the whole time. So east and west never meet. And that's how far God casts our sin away from us, that the east will never, once he casts those sin away from us, he's forgiven us. We will never meet that sin again. That's the length at which the forgiveness that God removes our sin from us. And it's nearly impossible for us to forget to that degree. It is what we actually decide to do with those hurts, what we decide to do with those scars and those memories um, that leads to our ability to show forgiveness. Uh, we might not completely forget, but we are to forgive. And forgiveness is only possible because we're told to and because God showed it to us. Um, it's possible because God told us to forgive. And if it weren't possible, he wouldn't have told us to do it because God's not going to tell us to do something that's impossible for us to do. There's a 
huge factor of importance when it comes to uh, forgiving us. Think about when God forgave us, for instance. Without God forgiving us, we would be doomed, quite frankly. And Jesus, being the only means of salvation, without his death on the cross, there would be no forgiveness, there would be no payment for our sin. We're told in Romans 5.10 that while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. So, continuing with Ephesians 1, 7, and 8, In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which is lavished upon us. So again, and I repeat, it's very important, without receiving forgiveness from God, quite frankly, we're going straight to hell. That being said, God's forgiven us. It also stated and emphatically stated many times throughout Scripture that we are to forgive others. That's hard sometimes. It's hard for us to forgive others when we um, feel like we've been wronged in some way, when we feel like we've been hurt in some way. It's hard for us to come back and um, completely forgive somebody, let alone cast their sin against us as far as the East is from the West. But there's a lot of reasons to forgive others. And I'm going to shoot straight to the top with this one. We're to do it because God said so. It's written, it's demonstrated numerous times throughout Scripture that we're to forgive others. Um, um, Matthew chapter 18 is a, a good instance. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. This is... Um, the apostles having a conversation with Jesus. It says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus says to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. So at that point, Peter's probably thinking, great, not only does he want me to forgive somebody, now he wants me to do math too. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began reckoning, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Lord, have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. So the fellow servant fell down and besought him. Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. 
When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant? I had mercy on you. And in anger, his Lord delivered him to the jailers till he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So this is to the extent that we're to forgive. This is a parable from Jesus. But it's more than a parable. This is directions to us. Not only are we told, but it's also demonstrated. It's demonstrated a number of times throughout Scripture. And one of the greatest demonstrations of forgiveness came out of the book of Acts in chapter 7. And Stephen, in the midst of being stoned, cried out on behalf of his tormentors. How many of you can do that? How many of you could in the midst of being persecuted, in the midst of having something done to you, you forgive them right in the midst of it happening to you. He cried out on behalf. He says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Very similar to what Jesus said on the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Now that's forgiveness. We see this in the Old Testament in Genesis 2. Um, if you recall the story of Joseph in chapter 50, um, Joseph's brothers came into the uh, land of Egypt at this point, and they realized that Joseph had become everything that he had prophesied through the dream that he had. They were scared at this point, and who could blame them? Because now they're going to possibly reap what they've sown. So since they sold their brother into slavery, and he had spent years in, away from his family, most likely in prison, would he do the same thing to them? And Jacob was dead at this point, so their dad was no longer there to protect them. So was this gonna, now it was their turn to be scared. What would you do if you were Joseph at this point? Would you make them apologize to you? Would you make them slaves? Treat them the way they've treated you for the past 50 years or so? Or would you forgive them? Well, we see that Joseph forgave them. Well, Joseph wept. It says he wept. And he wept because his brothers apparently had not forgiven themselves. They had, obviously they were feeling a great deal of guilt. He simply told them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? They certainly didn't deserve that forgiveness. 
who does? I mean, think about it. Did you recite the prayer that Pastor Mike led this morning, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Did you mean it? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Some will put in their trespasses and trespassers or sins and those who sin against us. But think about it. When we pray that prayer, we're essentially asking God to show us the same level of forgiveness that we show to others. Now, how many of you just thought, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble now? So in addition, there's, in addition to these scriptural reasons why we're supposed to forgive, there's also a lot of reasons in the secular world why we're supposed to forgive people. And I took this list from the um, list that was put out by the Mayo Clinic. Forgiving people um, helps to create better relationships. By holding past grudges, you even with one person, you'll tend to carry that grudge and that mistrust into any other relationship that you have. You can't, um, it doesn't isolate just to that little box. It goes from you're mad at this person, you're holding a grudge against them. That carries on through different relationships. It's like a virus. Um, So forgiving helps to create healthier relationships. It also helps to improve your mental health. Your decision-making skills um, become impaired when you're angry, when you're holding a grudge. Your memory and the perception of reality can also be skewed and affected negatively when you look at it through the lens of unforgiveness. So forgiving also improves your mental health. Forgiving someone also creates less anxiety, stress, and hostility within your own life. By getting that out of your life, you'll see improvement with your digestive system and um, several other areas of your, your life. Forgiving helps to lower blood pressure. The constant anger and tension cause the raise of blood pressure and elevated heart rates. By letting it go, we can improve in these areas. Um, Getting rid of grudges, getting rid of unforgiveness also creates less chance of depression in your own life. You can become so wrapped up in the wrong that somebody's done to you that you can't enjoy the present. You're always just thinking about the wrong that was done to you. Carrying grudges, harboring unforgiveness can also uh, make you sick, literally. So getting rid of it can give you a, a stronger immune system. And it can give you better self-esteem. You begin to feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose when the only thing you're doing within your life is harboring grudges on someone. 
you miss out on the, the many good things you can do. You miss out on the ways that God can use you. So those are the reasons why we should forgive. But what, what exactly does forgiving mean? What does it mean when we forgive someone? Actually, we do it for ourselves just as much as we do it for the other person. There's a, a weight that you can feel lifted off of you when you truly forgive someone. There is a point when um, there's someone who I'd honestly thought I'd forgiven the person, and then I had a face-to-face -face with this person, and we were able to talk, and we were able to share things, and... I had realized at this point that even though I honestly believed I had forgiven the person, there was still that little seed of anger, that little seed of a grudge in there that uh, would well up. When once I had truly forgiven that person, that I could feel that weight just lifted off of my shoulders and I, I felt much better. I'd even been told by two people really close to me that there was a grudge there. I didn't believe them. I honestly thought that I had forgiven, but I hadn't until another point. And, and so now... So now we can begin to rebuild a, a friendship. Forgiving also means, like grace, we're giving something to someone that they don't deserve. Or at least we don't feel that they deserve it. We certainly didn't deserve the forgiveness that Jesus gave us. And, I mean, he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And if, and if he did that, we can certainly forgive the people that hurt us. But what forgiveness doesn't mean, forgiveness doesn't mean that um, you're saying that the thing that someone did to you was okay. Forgiveness doesn't mean, uh, that's okay, you're okay for doing that to me. No, we're just saying we're not going to allow that person to rent space in our head anymore. We're releasing them from any anything. And forgiveness also doesn't mean that we have to keep allowing a person who hurts us repeatedly to continue to hurt us. We can forgive someone and move on. It's easy to, it's easy to hold on to grudges but sometimes people don't even realize that we're holding on. I mean, back in October, while I was visiting Nicole in the hospital, my car was the recipient of a hit-and-run driver. There were witnesses. It was caught on camera. Police tracked the person down. It seems like a pretty open and shut case, but somehow they still got off. 
I could hold a grudge on that. I had to pay the deductible on that. That I mean, that was... I could hold a grudge on that, and I could still be upset about it. But that person don't know that. They don't care. They, they're going on about their life. They probably don't even think about it. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because it makes for a good illustration here. So what good would it do me to hold on to that grudge if they don't know and they don't care? So they get special mention here, and a little caveat I'm going to throw in here right now is to be careful what you say and do, because you too could become part of some pastor's sermon and illustration somewhere. So how do we forgive? How do we um, forgive? It's a, I mean, it's a hard thing to go about. How do we forgive someone? It's not as easy as just saying it. It can be, but one of the great things about this is, is that God doesn't tell us to do something and then not give us some direction on, on how to do it. And so we have to figure it out for ourselves. He gives us directions. He shows us examples. I've already mentioned a couple of those. But some of the directions are, and some of the things that he tells us, in Ephesians 4.31, he tells us to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. So focus on the positive. If the target of your unforgiveness is a friend or a family member, think of the good times you've had. Remember why you love the person in the first place. You have to want to forgive. That's a hard one. You have to want to forgive. We're actually to pray for our enemies. Matthew 5.44 says that, But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. And you know what? If you pray for your enemies and those who have sinned against you, you're eventually going to start caring for the people. You're going to care what happens to them. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says to forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. We should forget the past. Unfortunately, a lot of people let the past design their present and their future. And they're bitter. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Sleep's a time for healing, both for our bodies and for our mind. Psalm 3.5 says, I lie down and sleep. I awake again, for the Lord sustains me. So we're supposed to sleep. Jesus even said in Mark 2.27 that the Sabbath is a time to rest, and the Sabbath was made for man. Well, a time to rest, a time to sleep. And finally, don't focus on how you were mistreated. Don't focus on the things that someone's done to you. That's just going to get you all riled up. It says, Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, 
whatever is gracious. If there is any excellence, if there be anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Don't think on the bad stuff that's happened to you. So we've come to a point now where actually I would... um, Be ready to wrap it up, but um, there's. I would be remiss if there was one more type of forgiveness that I didn't mention. We talked about God forgiving us, and we talked about our need to forgive others. There's also, as Pastor Mike mentioned earlier, we hold a lot of guilt for things that we've done, things, areas where we've failed God, areas where we've sinned. And you know what? Satan, the accuser of our brethren likes to remind us of those things. He likes to throw those things up to us. That's one of his jobs. That's in his job description. And he's really good at his job. But we have to forgive ourselves for the things that we've done, the things that we'd like to take back. And I'm just going to throw a few quick verses out here. But remember, when you're having trouble forgiving yourself for a sin that you committed or even a sin by omission or one that, a sin of not doing something you should do. Remember, Romans 3.23 says that we all fall short of the glory of God. So whatever sin you're holding on to, whatever you're not forgiving yourself for, remember, you're not the only one. We all have fallen short. And as I said, Satan likes to remind us of those things so often. And those are the hardest for us to stomach. But know this too, whatever you've done, Jesus died for it. And by his blood on the cross, you are forgiven. So if Jesus is willing to forgive you, it's time to let yourself off the hook. I'm going to move through a few verses quickly that will hopefully, if you're holding a a grudge, if you're holding any guilt about yourself, I'm going to move through a few verses that hopefully will help you to um, let yourself off the hook. It's uh, Psalms 103, 10, and 11. He does not deal with us according to our sin, nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. First Peter 5, 7, thinking about the guilt. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. He doesn't want us to live filled with guilt. When we're filled with guilt for something, some, we can be controlled. That's Satan that wants us to live with guilt. Satan wants us to live guilty, not God. And a big one. Therefore... Or there is, therefore, now, and get this, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you are holding on to that, 
God's not condemning you. We're told right there that if we love Jesus, if we've trusted Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation. There's, he's forgiven us. He loves us. He's, we've been washed by his blood. We're going to be observing Easter in a few weeks here, which is the very thing. This is the very thing he went to the cross to, to rid of us. Uh, rid us of is the sin that's in in our life and to help to lift that heavy burden off of our lives to forgive us that we can spend eternity with him so that's a huge one being able to let yourself go because we hold ourselves sometimes more accountable than we hold other people so in closing I'm going to say that whether it's a person whether a circumstance or yourself that needs forgiveness, the altar is open up here and would invite anyone to come up here and, and we'll pray for you and we'll um, show you the love that Jesus Christ offers. So as we get ready to go to prayer and close here, just remember the forgive God's forgiven you you've got to forgive others but you've also got to forgive yourself Lord we thank you for the day you've given us today we thank you for for your forgiveness for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and we thank you that so many of our our brothers and sisters in Christ and even some who aren't have forgiven us of the times where we've come up short for the times that we've um, sinned in their lives. Lord, as we close today, I ask that you would help us to work towards the forgiveness of others and, and in many cases even forgiving ourselves. I ask that you would show us areas in our life that we still need to seek your forgiveness. Lord, I ask that you would Keep us and keep us safe and help us in our walk until our next appointed meeting. And as always, I ask all this in Jesus' name.